Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. 6.30 Chad and the Edmonton Oilers Hockey Club present the show that is everything Oilers. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office supplies at huge savings? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio. 6.30 Chad. So 1.05 at Edmonton, hour number two. Oilers Now brought to you by our title sponsor, which is... Digitex with PCs, copiers, supplies, printers, laptops, IT plotters, software, and now Digitex can manage your corporate cell phone plans, saving your company money. All your devices managed at digitex.ca. Brendan, we got to get uh, Hugh Porter to uh, to roll into town. Uh, Hugh spends a lot of time up and down the highways. He's got uh, five Digitex across the province of Alberta, Medicine Hat, Lethbridge, Calgary, uh, Red Deer. Red Deer is a thriving community and a huge uh Oiler, it's that's big Oilers now country in Red Deer. I can tell you that, and of course Edmonton. We got to take uh, Hugh to hook us up, and uh, you know, our show needs Hugh as much as uh, Hugh, Hugh needs us. I, just, I haven't even had the pleasure of oh, meeting him yet. There so. are there are some guys that just uh, radiate energy and draw people to them, including our next guest. Brought to you weekly on Oilers now by Canadian Power Pack. Rob Kinsey and his gang at Canadian Power Pack, Alberta's leader in electrical construction service, electrical prefabrication and solar. The always understated, longtime NHL executive, uh, now an analyst with NHL Hockey on Rogers. We welcome back to the show, Brian Burke. Hi, Brian. How are you? Good, Bob. How are you? Good. Have, have people said that to you before, that you have the type of personality that draws people to you? <laughs> um, I think I divide people pretty evenly between people who like me and people who despise me. Yes, and since I don't care which side of that vote you're on, it makes my life pretty simple. There you go. Uh, you know, my wife has said the same thing about myself in my own house. Uh, we have uh, three cats, one dog. She's big in a rescue animal, so we have like four pets in our house, and we have two kids. And she says, on any given night, it's six to one against you. Just remember that. So uh, I live, I live with that reality. Though I will tell you that my wife and daughter are huge hockey fans, so they watch a ton of it, uh, which is where we're going to get to. Uh, and we will start. Uh, you know, you had all that involvement with the Flames over the last several years. Think of where Colorado was a couple of years ago. 22 wins. And, uh, you know, uh, Matt Duchesne, that situation was going to play itself out. I wasn't sure if Joe Sackick, I, I wasn't sure why he was their GM. Like, he made so much money in his career. Why would he want that job? But uh, he executed a brilliant trade, whether or not Chris McFarland played a f- part in that or Craig Billington or whomever. Uh, you know, they got a great return on Duchesne, and they have one of the most electric, fine, fast, quick teams in the league. And I think, Brian, you'd be the first to admit they are giving Calgary everything they can handle. Well, everything you said is true. I mean, uh, Joe Sackick, uh, I didn't think Joe would ever get into management. I'm, I'm amazed that a lot of these guys that get into management, they do have 
$2 less than God, and they don't need the work. So it's such a difficult job and such a thankless job that it just I'm grateful when the senior guys do, on Rob Blakes and Joe Sackix, when they do stay in the game. I think it's good for the game to have that kind of recognition at that level, just like our John Elway or whatever. So he's done a really good job. They get the fourth overall pick in the draft. They get their own first. They get... McCarr kid coming, the Calgary kid who's already there and playing well. I mean, they've they've done a really good job of keep making their team competitive without doing a total rebuild, you know, from when Joe came in. Yeah, well, and that's – but did you see this happening two years ago? I mean, they went 22 games. They had one of the slowest teams in the NHL, Brian. Mm-hmm. You know, like they were yeah. – they were, and, and Duchesne wanted out. Like that was a bad yeah. – that was a bad situation there. Yep, they've done a great job. And you look at the, the game so far, it's heartbreaking if you're a Flames fan because they've had the lead in game three and in game four, or in game, yeah, in game three and in game four. They had the lead with, or in game two and four, they had the lead with two minutes to go and then surrendered the lead and then lost in overtime. And, um, you know, they're in deep now. I mean, it's going to be hard now. And, and but I don't think you can say we got it to overtime, the games are close, when you're giving up 50, 50 shots a night. They gave up the fewest shots on goal during 28 shots against per game in the regular season. What What's happened here in the last couple games? Well, I think the, the speed, Colorado's speed is a big problem for them. I, I said on TV before the playoffs began that I think people would have said, if you were the Calgary Flames, Colorado's the best draw for us of those teams that were fighting to get in yep. because they're a skating team and they wouldn't have to deal with any physical mismatches, but mismatches, but they haven't been able to deal with the speed so far. And uh, they played their hearts out last night and couldn't pull it off. And I, I just, uh, like, not only is the math hard generally in a 3-1 series, but like you say, it's one thing. You can point to a series and say, okay, we're down 3-1. And they have been one goal games. They have been close games, but the shots on net. There you go. Smith had fifty yep. saves and forty four saves or forty eight saves last night. I mean, come on. And it's where the sh- I mean, they got a ton of shots in the kill zone too. Like they're these are high caliber slot opportunities for Colorado yep. as well. Um, yep. And the irony of the situation, Brian, all that consternation in that Calgary marketplace about the goaltending, and Smith has played great in the series. He has been great. He's been the MVP of the series by a mile. And I think McKinnon's playing out of his mind. And Mike Smith is still the MVP of the series by a mile. I said on the show earlier today, because we went a bit through this with Jordan Everly a couple years ago, and and Brian, the Oilers had $22 million worth of players, Lucic, Nugent, Hopkins, Everly, and Pouliot, that did not score an even-strength goal in the series against Anaheim, and Edmonton lost three one-goal games and two in overtime. That's how close. They get one goal from any one of those guys at even-strength in those three games, they probably win the series. And, you know, there was a lot of criticism on a bunch of players. And I, I'm looking at Johnny Goodrow in Calgary, and, and I think sometimes fans are too quick and need to understand that there's certain matches that don't work and don't look at the micro-analysis, look on the macro uh, overall workload. Goodrow probably has to be a little bit better, but I, I'm wondering if it, it – do you think the, the, the noose is as tight in Calgary as it might have been in a place like Edmonton? For, yeah, I don't uh, – you're, you're – you're a, it's ugly in any Canadian market when you're a highly paid player and you don't perform. Yeah, it's just ugly. It's ugly in Toronto. It's ugly in Ottawa. And uh, they, fans are sophisticated, but fans. One thing I noticed early on in my career is fans don't like overpaid athletes. They don't mind athletes who make a lot of money when they're performing, 
but they hate Canadian fans. Hate overpaid. I think American fans are used to it because of all the sports. Yeah, Canadian fans still resent it greatly, <laughs> and it's an it's an endearing part of the fan base that they they want value. Yeah, and so I I see line failure against uh, Colorado. I don't see Johnny Gaudreau failure. I think the whole line is underachieved. I mean, Johnny's case last night, and you know, I'm not making excuses for Johnny. Last night was the best game I've ever seen him play for 200 feet. He was back-checking, breaking up plays. He threw a couple of body checks. He forechecked aggressively. Like, he, he was kept off the score sheet pretty well. But I thought it was his best game, uh, his most complete game that he's played since he turned pro. Like, so it's not for lack of effort. And it's not that he ain't trying. He's trying. Yeah. But, boy, right now they're snake bit. I mean, the snake bits are... That's too too gentle a word. They're, they're snake bit by 30 snakes. Yeah. We're joined by Brian Burke for Canadian Power Pack. Epstein's mother has texted the show to say, Bob, Canadian fans, schadenfreude for the stars. They like to see those high-end paid guys fail. I don't know if I buy that, but uh, interesting perspective to have. All right. A little bit of a switch of focus. Well, we'll just one more on the Flames. Sam Bennett. Conversely... You know, there's a guy that maybe there were higher hopes for in terms of offensive production in the regular season. He's been terrific for the playoffs, uh, in the playoffs for the Flames in this series. He's been great. He's got three primary assists. He's probably leading the series in hits or close to it. He's been snarly and ugly and mean. He's been great. All right, Brian. One thing I liked the other night, we just had Louis DeBrusque on before you, so you know where we're going next. The whole incident with Nazem Kadri. That's a guy, uh, you drafted him, right? Yep. And I, I liked your take, and I'd like you to, that you had that night after uh, he cross-checked Jake in the face, and maybe just uh, educate our listeners that maybe didn't get a chance to hear you that night with uh, Boston Toronto. Well, I, I, don't, like, I don't like the suspension. I, I thought he should have got five games. Uh, here's what I don't like about the suspension. First off, floating suspensions don't make sense to me. Like, there's no precedential value to this suspension. If, if Toronto run the, ran the table... It would end up being a three-game suspension, and if they go seven games, it'll end up being a five-game suspension. So the union's going to say, "Well, for precedential value, next time someone does this, it's a three-game suspension. It has to be the lowest number it could be." So I didn't like that. I don't. Okay. I don't like the notion that if Toronto advances, he's eligible to play right away against their next opponent. Why? Why? I don't get it. I, I don't understand it. Why should so if they play the Islanders or whoever they play next? He gets to play in game one. Right. He got three games a year ago, and he's getting potentially a three-game suspension for a more violent act as a repeat offender. He should have got five. John Shannon that works with us thought he should have got seven. I could have lived with six. Right. But I thought five for sure. I, I thought for sure he's getting five. And I drafted him, and I love him. So I was stunned at the floating suspension. I don't think they got it right. I think he should have got five games. I don't think he should be eligible to play if they advance and and he's and it goes in fewer than seven games. So, I mean, it's a great kid, and there were a lot of factors that pushed him over the edge that night, but none of them justified cross-checking the guy in the side of the head. The crazy part about it is he was the Leafs' best player in that game. He was awesome that game. He's a, and he's an awesome kid, and he's an awesome hockey player, but this has got to stop. They're, they're clearly not getting through to him. Yeah. Yeah, he plays on an edge. All right. Uh, we had uh, – actually, I'm going to – Brian, 
Brendan, can you pull up Alan May's comment for me? It's only a 12-second clip. Brian, you're going to love this. We're just going to get you put you on hold for 10 seconds here. Okay. Yesterday, Al May, who, uh, as many know, is a, a former NHL enforcer and does a great job as an analyst for the Washington Capitals, joins us every couple of weeks on the show here. He had this to say on uh, the fans who uh, want to ban fighting in the NHL after what happened between Ovechkin and Svechnikov. You know, it was a fight, and uh, the same people that uh, don't like it and, and want it all out of the game are the same people that were probably in control of the province of Alberta last 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 term. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have a I have a vow that I, I made years ago because Pat Quinn made me vow this. He said, "Stay out of politics." <laughs> when you're doing, when you're talking about hockey, stay out of politics. Don't say that. That means I, I'm, I'm not going to live by that same. <laughs> he, he, he said to me, enough people will will hate you, without giving them political reasons to hate you. So I, here, here's the issue. Like first off, the whole notion of people say we got to get rid of fighting. Then don't watch. Then don't watch. <laughs> to me, to me, if you say we got to get rid of fighting, it's like saying I like horse racing, but I don't like when the jockeys whip the horses. Then don't watch. And don't watch. We're not looking for a bunch of reformers to come in and change our game. Change the channel. All right? Don't, this is what we do. If you like it, watch it. If you don't, don't watch. <laughs> but to me, this is like saying, so I like bowling, but I'd like to go to nine pins. Then don't watch. We're not going to change bowling for you. Or I like F1, but I don't like the, or I like NASCAR, but I don't like the crack-ups. Okay, we're going to put in a 55-mile-an-hour speed limit and eliminate the crashes. No, we're not going to change the sport. Don't watch. Second thing they say is, well, you beat up a kid. This the guy's playing in the NHL. Guess what? We don't check licenses on the way on the ice. They don't card these guys. <laughs> and this is a big guy that fought him that wanted the fight. So someone asked for the fight. He nods his head. He gets the fight. Bad business decision. I feel badly for the kid. I hope he's okay. But... He wanted this fight, and we permit fighting. Move on. Oh, that's awesome. Brendan, there's your clip for uh, the best of the show coming up. That's hilarious. You never know what's going to happen in a fight. One of my funniest uh, memories of Rod Phillips, who uh, I worked the final two years of Rod's career with, longtime winners, play-by-play guy, Brian. Great, great guy. Great guy. Yaroslav Pozar fought L. Secord in the 85 playoffs in Chicago. And you could tell the trepidation in Rod's voice. Like, I don't know what's good. This might be a bit of a mismatch here with Pozar. You know, because Al Secord was a tough guy that could fight. He's now a pilot. And Pozar, who looked like Rocky, he looked like Sylvester Stallone. Well, guess what? Turned out he was one of those guys from the Czech Republic that could chuck him. And he dropped El Secord. And it was, you yeah. never, that's the thing. You never do know what's going to happen in a fight, do you? Not to say, no one, no one has to fight in their league. He didn't, Sylvester didn't have to ask for this fight. He wanted this fight. Yeah. And the same thing, the same thing with Paulie Byron. Paulie Byron didn't have to take that fight when he got knocked out. Yeah. So this is this is people. If it doesn't make sense to you, watch something else. Yep, I'm sure the Bachelor's on or something somewhere. There's only yeah. Watch watch some save baby seals or rescue dolphins who get stranded on the beach or something. (laughs) Brian Burke joining us for Canadian Power Pack. All right, the Tampa Bay Lightning. Is this an illustration of how tight the league really is? No. Wow. Yes. I mean that that's okay, that's the rainbow. Uh, this is how tight our league really is. It's a it's a catastrophe. It's a disaster. I mean this is the Titanic. This is a team that 
set records and and look at all the components of championship teams. You got a great coach, you got great special teams, you got a great goalie, you got superstars, you got depth, you got speed. They should have should have been a cakewalk for them to beat Columbus and move on. And I picked them to win the whole thing. Mm-hmm. So this is a Sold catastrophe. It it's a disaster. John Cooper said it was a five alarm fire after game two. Well, what is it now? Yeah, it's a ten alarm fire, and it's a it's a six aspirin headache. My scale of headaches for executives maximum is six aspirin. This is a six aspirin headache. Is that before so, or after the bottle of scotch? Before and after the bottle of scotch. <laughs> and you're you're talking here now. The number one priority for them, what they've got to do, is sign Braden Point. Yep. So they don't have a choice on the scale of things to do. They got to resign Braden Point, and they've got a salary cap window issue issue. Yeah. But that's number one. And then they got to sit down and figure out, I don't think they need a major overhaul. My prediction is the Tampa Bay Lightning will be next year's Washington Capitals from last year. Yes. Hey, I watched it in Edmonton in 85-86, right? The Oilers, But the Oilers had won back-to-back cups and then, you know, shot Steve Smith. Grant Fuhr to this day says he should have had that one, right? But the Oilers came back the next two years. I mean, Tampa... That 85-86 team was as good as the, any the Oilers had in the regular season, Brian, and they didn't win the Cup. That happens. That's sport. It happens once in a while. Yep, it happens. But I think they'll be better for it. I don't think you'll see a repeat of that. It's not – the shock isn't that Columbus could beat Tampa because that's the beauty of our playoffs. In a seven-game series, who knows? Hot goaltender, good special teams. The shock is the sweep. Yes. The absolute – it's like hit them in the head with a two-by-four. And this is no fluke. These aren't weird bounces and stray goals right. and lucky goals. He, they got outworked and outplayed in all four games after the first period of game one on every square inch of that ice in both buildings. So there's no fluke here. And I wouldn't want to play Columbus in the next round because well, they, they earned this. Well, and, you know, they upgraded their team with the tra- – the, by the way, Brian, the Oilers, 4 nothing, 4-1 victories against Columbus in March. And I have a yeah. theory that Edmonton, because they got a bigger, heavier team, and Columbus obviously, people don't like this word, intimidation, but Columbus leaned on Tampa, and Tampa got out of their comfort level, and you had, you know, you had Stamco sucker punching Felino, which, you know, hey, if they squared up in the open ice, Nick, Nick would kick the snot out of them. And, you know, it, it just seemed to me that Tampa got into a game they couldn't play and were ill prepared and ill equipped to. Long pants hockey, and it's not what they it's not what they like to do. Yeah. I mean that my Anaheim team would have killed them. <laughs> the uh, New York Islanders. Does this cement Barry Trotz's uh, reputation? I mean, he wins a Stanley Cup with Washington, gets them over the hump. Remember, he'd never been past the second round of the playoffs before last year, and now he, orchest- he now he orchestrates a four game sweep against uh, Sidney Crosby and uh, Jenny Malcolm. Well, okay. So step back. Barry Trotz is a great coach. Okay, he's in the, the top three in every category, and he's a really good person. Yes, he is. Am I ready to say he's the greatest coach ever? Um, like you said, last year was the first year he ever got past the second round, and he had some really good teams. Mm-hmm. He had some really good teams. This year he's advanced to the second round. He's done a masterful job because it was a group that no one thought would make the playoffs. They finished with a hundred points. I think it's been a perfect storm on the island. A perfect storm where they lose their superstar. They're almost like the Vegas team. No one wants us. No one needs us. No one likes us. And so they turn that into a unifying message in the dress room is, okay, our superstar left, but we're still going to be okay. 
and and they play a very boring style. Like it's not fun to watch the Islanders win a hockey game. Right. You know, it's like watching two guys fish. So it's you know, it's but they got magical goaltending from Robin Leonard, who has never in his life before played another year like this. Yeah. And guys like me say, well, let's see it for another year, and then we'll start applauding more. Yeah. They got eight unrestricted free agents or six unrestricted free agents. So this is a Cinderella story that could have a very poor ending as early as July 2nd. Like, Everly's up, unrestricted. Uh, Anders Lee is up, unrestricted. Brock Taylor, Brock Nelson's up, unrestricted. Yeah. So they got a lot of work ahead of them. But it, it is a great story. Barry Trotz has done a good job. Lou Amarello was Lou Amarello. They had a great year, considering their different buildings and all this other crap. This is good for our league that that market has had success. All right, one final one for you. You talked about Tampa, and you could see them being, the, you know, winning the cup next year. I wonder. I, I talked to somebody who knows the owner in Pittsburgh. You can figure it out, and he's like, "I'm not sure he's going to just stand pat there with that group." There could be, whereas Tampa Bay's got an obvious move with Point, and maybe they have to divest themselves of uh, a little bit of money. I wonder if Pittsburgh, you know, we're not talking Melkin and Crosby, but there could be some other pieces in play. Agree or disagree? Well, I, I could see, I could see the move of Malkin. Uh, there's some, there's some rumblings that that's Jimmy Rutherford's a winner, and he's an impatient winner. He he will not sit still. They will, they will make. I think Tampa, Julian Briswell has a good group. He's going to tweak. Uh, I think Pittsburgh, I think Jimmy will start shaking things up. Brian, happy Easter. We'll be watching you tonight and tomorrow and Saturday and Sunday, whenever you're on. Happy Easter to all the listeners, Bob. Thank you. Cheers. That is Brian Burke, longtime NHL executive. It is uh, 126 in Edmonton. Brian's appearances are again brought to you weekly by Canadian Power Pack, Alberta's leader in electrical construction and service, electrical prefabrication, and solar. Guests on the show receive gift cards to Japanese Village, steak and seafood cooked right at your table. Japanese Village, Edmonton, South Downtown, North Side, and Shirt Park. Cam Moon's got a tough act to, po- to follow. Louis DeBrusque, Brian Burke, back-to-back. Mooner, out of Red Deer, will preview the two WHL. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Championship Series. Uh, talk about some of the top players out of the WHL for the upcoming draft after a global news weather traffic update. Eileen Bell. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad.